I think that's really relevant for so many people because it's tough to pick up a phone and call somebody that you don't know or to email somebody that you don't know or to meet with somebody that you don't know. But if you can relieve some of that anxiety through preparation, not only does it help you, but it helps almost ensure that the meeting is going to go well because you're going to really impress them because most people that they talk to, most people who ask for a networking meeting, don't do any research. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with season two of your favorite career readiness podcast. Learn tips on personal and professional development, hear inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles. I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. This is Marcy Bullock with the most important five Ps. Stay present, trust the process, explore your path, release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential. All right, everybody, welcome back to Pat Career Chats podcast. My name is Grant Pittman. I am a senior studying economics. I am the USC 401 teaching assistant. And today we have a very special guest for you. He's a Stanford and University of Chicago alum. He's worked for Nationwide Insurance, Scott's Miracle Grow, Clorox, and Kraft. And he's the creator of the Hecker Networking Method. Today we are joined by Gordon Hecker. Gordon, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Grant. Thank you for having me today. The pleasure is all ours. So um, we actually just had a presentation uh, of your networking method. Um, but since many of our listeners may have never heard of your method, um, and this might be challenging, but if you could explain your networking method in two or three minutes and uh, to help our, our listeners know what the method actually is. Sure thing. So, so this method actually got developed uh, in 2004. Uh, after I was fired from my job as senior vice president of marketing at the Scott's Miracle Grow Company, a and I went out and just used my natural organizational skills to start networking. And four months later, I found myself a job as the chief marketing officer at Nationwide Financial, uh, a much better job. And uh, I was thrilled to be able to take it. The the basic thing to remember about the Hecker method is to make this an on-your-side experience for anybody who's trying to help you. So I call it on-your-side because at Nationwide, we used to, we have the jingle, Nationwide is on your side. Okay, there's a reason for that, guys. We want to make it easy for people to help you. So whether that is by being organized and having done your research ahead of time so that you know who you're talking to, whether that is by understanding what metrics their company might be interested in by studying what, they're, uh, what they have on LinkedIn profiles or what's in a company strategic plan, whether it's by following up within 24 hours so that you know it's still top of mind for them. This is all about making it an on-your-side experience for the person who you're asking for help. Thank you for that little introduction. And for anyone listening, if you want the full experience, um, you can look it up on YouTube, Hacker Networking Method, and, and you'll find a great 
and the presentation from Gordon himself, um, kind of going you through all the steps of the method. And um, I, I got to tell you, Grant, how this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's this story. I got fired and I had to look for a job, whatnot. And, and then after I finished, after I got that job, people I had networked with started sending people to me mm-hmm. and saying, Gordon did such a good job networking. You really need to get advice from him. And so I started doing one-offs with people. And about two years later, I was sitting on an airplane in Dallas, heading back home to Columbus, Ohio. And my seatmate started telling me how he was looking for a job. And he was using something called the Hacker Networking Method. And I just said, what are you talking about? Like, I'm Hacker. (laughs) And he said, well, somebody that you helped wrote up this whole thing and put it online. And it's now called the Hacker Method. That was how I learned about the Hacker Method. That's amazing. I, I remember hearing that story from that video. And I thought that's something I'll have to ask him about. And you kind of answered my second question, which was kind of like what motivated you to share. And it sounds like, you know, before you knew it, people were were coming to you and you had the opportunity to share with others, um, which is pretty unique and pretty great. Um, one question that I really have is what did you learn about yourself as you developed the method? You know, something I learned is that uh, I always thought that I was an extrovert. And I realized that I, I there's a big part of me that's an introvert and that was kind of intimidated by going out and networking with people that I didn't know. But that by doing my homework ahead of time, being really, really organized and prepared, it took away that anxiety because I, I knew I was going to be okay. So and I think that's really relevant for so many people because it's tough to pick up a phone and call somebody that you don't know or to email somebody that you don't know or to meet with somebody that you don't know. But if you can relieve some of that anxiety through preparation, not only does it help you, but it helps almost ensure that the meeting is going to go well because you're going to really impress them because most people that they talk to, most people who ask for a networking meeting, don't do any research. (laughs) So you'll rise way up in their estimation because of the work that you did. Great. Yeah. Well, if we all learn the hacker networking method, then (laughs) it'll, it won't turn most, it'll turn to, you know, everyone's prepared. (laughs) Um, and that would be great. Um, one kind of question we just kind of hinted at kind of, you know, some people are a little anxious when they start getting into all this networking. And I think the other side of the coin is um, my next question. So in your opinion, is it possible to kind of be too aggressive in your networking? Like you're kind of reaching out too much or you're kind of being a little pushy. Is that is that something anyone should be concerned about? So you cannot be too aggressive in the breadth in the number of people that you reach out to, because you never know who it is who's going to turn out to be your angel. You can be too aggressive with the depth. So if you don't hear back from somebody after two days, just be patient. If you don't hear back from somebody after a week, it's okay. It's okay to send the follow-up note. If that happens two or three times. Okay, after the second, third time where you're essentially ignored, 
you probably know that that person isn't going to respond to you and you should give it up. But I'll add on that, if there's an org, if there's a particular organization that you want to get into, you should be relentless in, in how you get an introduction to that particular organization. I think that's great advice. It's something I think um, we've talked about a little bit in class as we went through networking. Um, the next question I have is, what do you think is the most challenging part of, of implementing the hacker networking method? Because we've all done a little networking, but but this is sort of, you know, a whole a little bit different. You know, we're we're doing a more methodical approach. So, what do you think is the most difficult part of implementing your method? So, I, I, I'm going to answer in two parts. Number one, the thing that most people have the most difficulty with, quite honestly, is their elevator statement, because people don't focus enough on their elevator statement. And guys, this is something that you have to have nailed. You have to be able in 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds to say just enough that people like you, want to hear more about you, have heard some metrics that make them believe that you're going to be successful, um, but that doesn't meander all over the place. Um, so the elevator statement is a total key. The second piece is just maintaining the organization, because what you're going to find if you do this right is you're talking to a few people, talking, corresponding, whatever. There's an interaction with several people every single day. And if you don't maintain that list of who you contacted each day, you're going to forget, and then you're going to make a mistake, and you don't want to make a mistake. That's right. So I think another thing that we should talk about then are what are the advantages do you think that the hacker networking method provides that other networking methods um, might not? So what we emphasize in the hacker method is what we talked about early on, the on your side approach. Everything we do is to make things easy for the other person to nod their head. So for instance, when you ask for a networking meeting, okay, you're, you're going to send an email or a text or contact them, however, and you're not going to say, hey, uh, I hope you have a job. I'm looking for a job. Can, can we talk about a job? No, no, no. You're going to start by saying, hey, uh, uh, you're a creative person. You're a bright person. You have a huge network. Can we get together and for half an hour and help me by kicking around ideas about what I should be pursuing and who I should be pursuing. Nobody can turn you down for a request to kick around ideas. But if you say, I I'm looking for a job from you, from your company, it starts to become intimidating. And so, you know, everything follows from that. The thank you notes after you've met with someone. Okay, you don't want them to have to cut and paste the emails that they're sending to people asking on your behalf for a meeting. So you send two emails. The first one says, hey, you know, you said you were going to introduce me to these three people. Thanks in advance. I'm about to send you the email that I'd like you to forward to them. And, and that way they can send it to each one individually so that those people receive it without feeling like they're just one out of three people getting the note. 
the references, you know, everything is prepared ahead of time. So it's easy for people to nod their heads and just say, wow, this person is more organized than anybody I have ever seen before. If she's doing that for just a networking meeting, what would she be like in my organization? Wow, I want to hire her. Yeah, I think the great part, I, I love the part that you talked about, the, the follow-up. I think it's great because, like you said, it's it's you're making it easy for people to help you. Um, and you're kind of kind of nudging them, I guess, kind of showing them how to help you, making it easy for them. And that'll be really key to helping your network grow um, quickly and, and get you those contacts that you want. Our next question is, how does someone overcome anxiety of networking, handling the fear of rejection? Suck it up. <laughs> we we are, uh, this gets to something I call it, talk about friends and strangers. Some friends are going to help you a ton, and some friends aren't going to help you at all. Some strangers aren't going to do anything, and some are going to help a ton. You don't really know who's going to help you a ton, and you can't be disappointed when people aren't helping you as much as you would like. Uh, um, one of the reasons that you follow the method is so that you can constantly see that you are making progress, even when people turn down a request for a meeting. That's okay. So long as you deal with it respectfully, it's all right. And guys, for what it's worth, you know, even when I, and I was, you know, chief marketing officer of a major organization, you know, I had hundreds of people working for me. I had a $120 million ad budget, you know, so even with someone in a position like that, when I would send three emails to people saying, hey, would you meet with this person to help them network? Frequently, I would only hear back from one or two of them. So, you know, you're not going to have a 100% hit rate. You're going to have a 30, 40, 50% hit rate when you ask for meetings. Know that going in so that you're not overly disappointed. That's great advice. I think we've talked about that in class a lot. And um, I think the method will, you know, will help people kind of adjust to that. Because um, being told no isn't the end of the world, at least in my opinion. So one of my final questions might be my final question. Should you stop networking with others when you get a job offer and you accept it? No, you should never stop networking. And you know what? It, it makes it, it's fun to sit down and meet with people, particularly if there is no agenda. And particularly if if you have networked with somebody and then you have a job, they would love to sit down and hear from you. You would be amazed because please remember that when you meet with somebody in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they look back so fondly on their time when they were in their 20s and starting their career. They love to sit down and talk to people who are just starting their careers. So absolutely, you should stay in touch with people and continue to grow that network. One idea that I have, I guess, is after you do get the job offer, is it appropriate to and that you accept, of course? Um, to, to contact those people that you networked with and, and thank them for their time and then tell them the results. You know, you you helped me really get these connections and 
Um, I'm looking forward to succeeding in the future. Is that something that you could do? So, so not only should you be doing that, but as you're doing your job search, um, every call it six weeks, I would send an email to everybody that I've networked with mm -hmm. just saying, Hey, over the course of the last six weeks, I've had uh, eight networking meetings. I had two job interviews. I'm still looking to, um, I, I'd really love to meet somebody who works at company X. And if you happen to know somebody there, that would be terrific. Um, by the way, I'm attaching a copy of my resume. And uh, please let me know if you have any other ideas for me. You've got to stay in front of people. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that can kind of get lost is you network, you meet, you have that great conversation, you follow up, and then you have to start figuring out how to maintain the conversation, the network um, with those people. Um, so I think um, it might be a great time to start showing or asking some class questions. That's okay. Yeah. Um, this question is actually from Mrs. Boyd. I love the idea of not talking about a job in the meeting. Um, most love to give advice. How do you keep the relationship alive a month later? And I guess we just spoke about this a little bit, but anything else you could do to just keep that relationship um, going? Absolutely. Guys, remember this. Most people, and I know COVID is an irregular time, but when I worked for 30 years, in the corporate world, I was in about eight meetings a day. And I, I regularly would have people lined up outside the door waiting for the next meeting. And if I spent half an hour, 45 minutes networking with someone, and it might be a fantastic conversation, but I got to tell you, within 24 hours, I've almost forgotten who that person is, what their background is, and how the discussion went. Because just there's so many inputs. And that's why you have to continue to insert yourself into that person's mind. And, and like we say in advertising, if you hear a message once, it goes in and out. Once you've heard it seven times, hopefully from various media, television, on a website, on a billboard, and on radio, now it starts to sink in. So how do you maintain that relationship a month later? Well, you send an email, you send a text, you send something on LinkedIn, It's re or you send even that group email. It's really important to stay top of mind. Okay, so the next question is from Nicole. Nicole says, so many companies have been struggling in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it seems very difficult to find a company that it seems okay to reach out to because of that struggle. How would you recommend adapting the Hecker method to this unique situation? Yeah, I, I, look, there are, it's not an easy time. That doesn't mean the companies aren't going to be hiring good people and that you cannot find yourselves winning in this situation. You absolutely can. Don't be intimidated by anything, by anything. Uh, um, go ahead, reach out to those companies. They may say, we're not hiring now. That's okay. You can still say, I, I understand that. Really what I'm trying to do is build my network. Um, and I know that your company is very creative, or I know that you're a very creative person. I see, you know, XYZ on LinkedIn. 
uh, would you still be willing to spend 15 minutes with me and just help me think about my career and, and how I should be uh, networking now and who else I should be meeting? Again, people will be people will talk to you, but don't position it as, hey, I need a job and I'm asking you for a job. That's a huge turnoff to people. And they will actually convince themselves not to meet with you because they're just going to waste your time. And they will sometimes say that to you. Oh, I don't want to waste your time by having you meet with me because I don't have a job. Right. You have to totally change that mindset. No, the win for them is that they get to help a young person who's looking for their uh, uh, for their way as they come out of this pandemic. Thanks for that answer. Um, the next question in the, in the chat is when you got fired, you said it took four months for you to find um, your next job. So how did you stay positive throughout that those four months? Oh, boy, what a great question. There, 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 was, there was some times there where I was pretty freaked out. I, I had three kids. Um, and we really wanted to stay uh, living here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, don't ask why. It's a really nice town. And I stayed positive. Uh, in large part because of actually the method, because I was tracking who I was talking to and when. Look, on, on any given day, there were going to be ups and downs. But over the course of an extended period of time, I saw the network growing and growing and growing. And it was really strange. On a Monday, I would start the week and think, oh, it's going to be a great week. I have two networking meetings, I've got an interview, and I'm still following up about that job um, I heard about last week. By Tuesday, all of those ideas might have come crashing down because one company was hiring internally, somebody else had taken a different job, um, they, somebody else was stopping the job search, and you get despondent for a day or two. You go outside, you go for a bike ride, you play with the dog, whatnot, and you keep writing and you keep calling. And by Thursday, oh, there were two new opportunities I hadn't even thought about before. So opportunities will keep opening themselves up if you keep pushing. I think our last question comes from Hagar. Hagar says, I'm actually in the process of trying to secure a position with my current goal company and felt that I'm being too pushy because I'm reaching out to a lot of people in the company. And I'm not sure if I should relax on it or stay on track. And I'm waiting on some replies right now. How should I follow up with those people who agreed to speak with me, but still haven't? So, you know, I would give uh, about a week to 10 days in between contacts. They may be busy as as anything. They may have a sick parent. They may have, uh, you know, some situation that's come up. They may be on vacation. So you don't want to be too, too, too pushy. But again, if there's a company that you're interested in getting with, um, you want them to be darn sure that they know that you're really interested. So one example, when I knew there was the job open at Nationwide, um, but I didn't know the hiring manager. I went back through my network and I asked pretty much everybody I had networked with, do you know somebody at Nationwide? And Nationwide's a big company here in Columbus. And so a number of people did. And so, so I said, do me a favor, send my resume 
and this cover note to the people that you know at Nationwide. And by the time that I actually came in for my interview, the hiring manager said, Gordon, I don't know you, but everybody else in town seems to know you. I got your resume from six different people inside our organization. And, you know, that's a lot of street cred coming right in. And Mm -hmm. nobody else will do that. And this is a way of differentiating yourself from everyone else. I think that's a great, great way to end it. Those are all the questions that I had and I think that our class had. Um, I'm hoping that that everyone has learned a little bit about networking. Maybe uh, you send a request to Gordon himself for those live in class and those listening, because um, it sounds like, you know, if you have any further questions, he's the creator of the networking method. So he's the man to ask. Um, Gordon, thank you for your time today. It's been fantastic spending time with you guys. And I, I wish everybody all the best. And guys, use the method, make this happen. You'll all end up with terrific jobs. You can do this.